In another very special World Triathlon podcast, we get to hear from our women's Olympic champion, Flora Duffy, just two days after she achieved her lifelong Olympic dream and won gold at Tokyo 2020. Flora, congratulations. Are you still on cloud nine? Um, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, definitely still on a very big high. It's been such a whirlwind since I crossed that line on um, Tuesday. I yep. don't know, everything's blurring for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just been crazy and nonstop. But yeah, so cool as well. I suppose, yeah, when it all kind of feels a bit too much, then you just reset to that moment, do you? And sort of <laughs> go back to that point and think, well, I'll just, I've done it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel a lot more relaxed now. So uh, I'm very happy to just kind of go with the flow and get pulled to um, quite a few different interviews and media requests and sponsor uh, requests. Um, so yeah, but it's been it's been really cool. And I mean, I would much rather this than be like upset and sulking in, um, in my room or, or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's definitely the better case scenario, but I will say I'm, so tomorrow I'm, I'm leaving and flying out, flying out of Tokyo, but I, I'm kind of looking forward to being on the plane for 10 hours and just um, chilling and turning my phone off and just watching a movie and sleeping. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Um, yeah, and you'll probably go through, you know, that people say, don't they, when you're 30,000 feet up, emotions kind of bubble to the surface you might have a few a few moments up there I'd imagine in the in the calm of it all as well right yes I know I hope hopefully not hopefully I'm not like breaking into tears the entire uh, <laughs> flight but yeah very possible <laughs> how has it been with all the the side stories you know it's it's obviously the gold is is everything for you um but then you've also become part of the stories of the games you were Bermuda's first ever Olympic gold you're you know, you're getting messages of congratulations from Hollywood A-lister Michael Douglas. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, that to have that side of it as well, which you probably, I mean, can't imagine you really think about before, but, you know, you're, that's, you, you are forever entwined with these games. Yes, I mean, yeah, it's this, the, the reach of winning a gold medal is far bigger than I could have ever expected. Um, yeah, I mean, as you said, like coming into the games, you're so focused on your performance and the details and everything that you need to do to keep your life um, as simple as possible. So everything just revolved around my training, resting, recovering, and repeating. And, you know, and then you come into any games, you have a good race, and then your world just like explodes. And suddenly, you know, um, almost everybody that you've kind of been on this journey with, with from when I was like a little kid um, has watched and is like sending you messages. And um, I mean, it's great. It's really incredible to see, um, to, to have received so much um, sort of support and congratulations and everything like, yeah, really pretty wild. And I will say, yeah, when I got, when I saw on Michael Douglas's Instagram that he was sending a congratulatory message to me. I think that I was like, okay, this, this is too much. <laughs> this has reached a new level, but yeah, that's very cool. Um, he and his wife, of course, Catherine Zeta-Jones, they um, lived in Bermuda for many years and their son went to school in Bermuda for a portion of his life. Actually the same school that I went to. 
So um, yeah, that was actually really cool. And um, yeah, it's I think so many people have a connection to Bermuda and realize how much how special this is. I mean, of course, it's special for me, but it's so special for the island of Bermuda. And it's like, it's not just my medal, it's our medal. And uh, so, yeah, I suppose compare the Michael Douglas message to the scenes from the bar, presumably near where your family <laughs> live and so on. And like, they were just absolutely loving it. And to have done that for them as well must feel just incredible. Yeah, I think they're probably so overwhelmed. I mean, I saw, um, yeah, even my parents, they've done quite a few interviews. Um, but, you know, my mom said, you know, going in, just just arriving at the bar that was having a, um, showing the race and inviting people to come watch or whatever. Um, you know, she, she said just arriving there and seeing the amount of people that come have come out to support and just watch your daughter, her words, um, race. She said immediately that was also just like, such an emotional reaction of just like, wow, like this is crazy. Um, and then, yeah, my brother was there, my older brother um, with a bunch of his friends that he's, his friends that he's had since like childhood days. And so they've obviously all followed my journey. And so they were all there and he was watching with them and they're a pretty um, fun, loud, crazy bunch. So yeah, they were definitely starting to enjoy themselves. and. Um, yeah, I've seen all the videos of them singing and dancing and chanting and just like erupting in joy. And um, yeah, it was really cool to see. They actually, they FaceTimed Dan um, right after the race while I was doing some media stuff. So Dan came over to me and showed and they were just going wild. And yeah, it was pretty crazy. You mentioned Dan, obviously your husband uh, who's been along this journey with you. Um, and as have a lot of people, right? You, you know, this is this has been a long time coming, and it's your fourth games and so on. Um, and it's it's been a long process, lots of ups and downs. Um, you know, the injury issues and so on. Was there a point, like even this year? I know, you know, going into Leeds, we we spoke, and um, you weren't probably fully fit, and you know, didn't know how that run was going to go. Was it, so there were points even this year that you weren't entirely sure you were going to make that start line. Yes, I mean, yeah, I've had yeah so many ups and downs in my career. And um, yeah, even coming into this year, like January, February, um, I was fairly healthy. I kind of got injured towards the back half of 2020. And that kind of just lingered a little bit into 2021. And just because it kind of wasn't feeling quite right. It really took me a while to get into my rhythm and groove of training. And yeah, so I definitely had thoughts of like, wow, maybe this is not my year. Like um, I definitely could feel like 2020 had taken quite a lot out of me of you know, just dealing with all of the COVID lockdowns and the uncertainty. And I mean, I was stuck in South Africa then I got stuck in Europe. And then, yeah, I just, it was just, um, it was so much. And then so going into 2021, I was just, struggling a bit physically and even mentally and emotionally of just like trying to figure out my why to be honest which seems weird because I mean it's it was an Olympic year and I had this building up to Tokyo but um it just yeah I, I really had to like think about what I was doing and just also just dealing with the struggles of like I don't think this is going to happen for me this year it just nothing feels right and then sure enough I mean I have some really great people in my life to to sort of, I don't know, give me perspective and um, just, you know, 
just started to just think about it, just having fun and not worry, not excessively worry about everything. And um, yeah, just finally found my groove and um, training started to go really, really well. And I, yeah, things completely changed. And I think that can happen quite quickly as an athlete. Um, you can be mm. going flying high and then suddenly you're injured or you're struggling, struggling, and then things just click and you're like, wow, all right, now I'm back. And so, um, yeah, I felt really good. And then I flew back over to Boulder in April and got off the plane and had a really sore back and, um, that just dragged and dragged and dragged. And, um, yeah, I, I, again, I was like, wow, this is in April, mid April. And I'm like, wow, we're the games are around the corner at this point. And I'm, you know, it just felt like a battle and, um, but yeah, as I said, I've got some good people in my life that helped, um, yeah, continue to give me perspective and that, you know, perhaps this isn't what I envisioned my buildup would be, but just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong and just always keep the, the, really the faith and yeah, then eventually leads got through that. Then things started to really click. And I was super lucky to have Chelsea Burns and Joanna Brown train with me from uh, basically from Leeds until leaving for Tokyo. And that made the world of difference to have those two there. Every, we, we trained hard, but everything, it was fun. We were laughing, joking, and um, they really just kept me calm and present and really mellowed me out. Mm -hmm. And um, I, yeah, I can't thank those two enough for being there and training with me in the build-up for Tokyo. So that last block with them was another of those click moments for you, a different type of click moment, but I can imagine um, them being able to sort of slice through any kind of moments of tension or, or anxiety quite quickly with, you know. Uh, oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, they can, uh, they can definitely calm things down and get the humor going very, very quickly and, if I ever was feeling tense or stressed, they, yeah, they could easily just sort of mellow out a situation and, you know, you're suddenly not thinking or worrying about your, your, your training or the race, or if something's slightly hurting you and your body, like, yeah. Um, yeah, they were really great. What were the specific things you were kind of working on mostly during that? Was it mainly run work you were doing then you've always had a very sort of specific targeted coaching regime for each mm -hmm. element haven't you you know a swim coach a run coach so on so um and it was like that all the way up to to the last moment was it before flying to Tokyo yep exactly yeah so so I guess we're back up going into Leeds I was in pretty good shape I mean I had some like injury issues and kind of you know whatever but I guess one good thing about triathlon is like yeah, maybe you're a bit injured with the running, but you can still swim and bike and keep a very high level of fitness. Um, so anyway, but going into Leeds, we hadn't done too much specific race prep work. Um, and so, you know, in Leeds was a good, was a good gauge of, okay, what areas do I need to work on? Got a lot of feedback from the race. And then that feedback put into the training and the preparation leading into Tokyo to know that I would be really sharp, really ready to go. So the big thing I knew in Tokyo, the swim would be super key. And um, in Leeds, I, I didn't have a terrible swim, but it wasn't great and it wasn't where I needed to be. Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I learned a lot on what I needed to work on on my swim there and um, really focused on it going into Tokyo. 
And um, yeah, even with all my bike training this year, everything has been geared towards this course. I mean, this is a, the course in Tokyo is incredibly technical and so many surges. So all of my training was sort of geared around being able to cope with those surges so that they didn't take it completely out of my legs so that my legs were still in pretty good shape for the run. And so I have to thank my coach, Nate, for that. Um, just the amount of thought and detail that goes into my training plan is, um, yeah, is really quite remarkable. And um, yeah, and then with my running, um, I think it's, I've worked out to work on it really hard over the last few years and worked a lot of my biomechanics and gotten to a very pretty good sustainable place that, um, the, you know, the level is pretty high, even if I have a few like blips along the way. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, a, a lot of feedback came from leads and a lot of feedback came from the test event and kind of put it all in the training plan and it left and yeah, it got me pretty ready to go here. Is Nate someone you've worked with for a long time? I mean, you've kind of been responsible for this shift in, in the way the sport, the races are running in the women's races. It's, you know, the, the, the focus back to the bike when 10, 15 years ago, that didn't look like it was going to be the case. Um, so yeah, is that, has he been part of that process for a long time as well? So I've only worked with Nate since the end of 2017. Um, I, but I've known him for years, years and years and years. Previously, I, I would say my real, um, previously I was working with Neil Henderson and he really helped to develop me as an athlete and really helped to develop my bike. Um, he is an expert bike coach himself uh, alongside being a triathlon coach. So he really helped me develop and then I would say switching to Nate was just an um I don't know an excellent refresh it also took everything up to another level of um detail specific specificity Nate and Dan get along really well so they can you know they can always chat if like I'm not giving the you know the appropriate feedback you can always get the you know exactly how is Flora doing from the husband right mm -hmm. and, so they can talk. So it's a really nice team effort alongside with my running coach, Ernie, who lives in South Africa. And so the, the three of them chat and communicate often and they know all know me so well and could read, you know, read how, how I'm doing so well, just kind of by looking at me, watching me move. And so it's been a really great team partnership that I think has really allowed my training to go up another level, my preparation into races um, and just having more resources available to me as well to um, yeah, allow me to come into a race and feel like I'm on the same level of support as like the bigger countries like the US or GB or something like that. Um, so yeah, it's just been a nice progression over the years um, of, of building up and yeah, getting into my, getting myself into a, a good space. You say he can, you know, he can read you, but I, I would imagine you're the kind of person that is across all the details as well. You're not just following what people are telling you, you're there going, you know, I can imagine you're as exacting of them as you are of yourself, are you? Yeah, exactly. I mean, th that's one thing I really about, like about my coaching team is that I have a seat at the table as well. I'm not just being told what to do. Like I can really give a lot of feedback of what I think needs to be in the training plan of what races I want to do, why I want to do them, why I don't want to do them. And they're very receptive of that. and and, you know, allow me to express that, not just tell me to go to these races because they think so, or, you know, whatever, like it's, it's definitely a very much of a 
a teamwork and an open conversation both ways, which is, I think is really, really great. And something for me in my career right now, being in my thirties, I've done this for so long that it's really nice that I can feel like I, yeah, have a seat at the table there and um, give my thoughts and opinions and we can kind of all work together and it, yeah, it works out. But I mean, Nate's definitely like the, maybe like the top seed gets the final <laughs> decision or if he's like, you definitely shouldn't race. And I'm like, okay. But um, yeah, so it, yeah, it's a really nice little teamwork partnership we have. And then, uh, you know, into the race itself, uh, some fairly horrendous conditions you woke up to. How would you kind of, how had the night before gone? And there's, you know, everybody knew there was a storm coming, didn't know exactly when, will it be, will the date be moved even? So uh, a lot to think about already. Yes. It, well, I mean, when we were at the race briefing on two days before the race and, um, you know, they were saying, well, it's possible that the race this could be delayed two days because a, a typhoon is coming in. And I was like, oh my gosh, you have to be kidding me. But at the same time, I was like, well, this is very appropriate. I mean, it's already been postponed a year. What's another two days? Like this just kind of fits with the roller coaster that it has been to get here. Um, but I'm very, very glad it was not delayed two days. I was like, we, I, I'm ready to race. We just need to get this done. <laughs> um, so yeah, but then just describe like you know that actually the, the scenes when you yeah. out of the window when you did look out well when the sun had come up I mean it was absolutely biblical storm wasn't it oh yeah it was well I woke up at 3 a.m and it was pouring rain and super windy and I was like oh my goodness <laughs> what is going on and then it doesn't look yeah, like boulder no, and it doesn't look anything like the test event or anything like the three days, four days I've been here when it's been blue sky, sunny, super hot, humid. I mean, it's still humid on race day, but um, I was like, what, what is this? Um, so yeah, it was raining the whole morning, much cooler than expected. Instead of trying to stay cool before the race, I was trying to stay warm. I mean, I had like you know, a jacket on, a couple towels around me, my shoes, like I wore that all onto the pontoon um, where, you know, where we start the race, where normally we're not able to take anything on the pontoon. I'm so grateful that we were allowed to keep all yeah. of our clothing on until the last minute. That was- Which was intended important. for ice fests and things. It obviously. was intended, right, yeah, for ice fests, wet towels, you know, whatever. Um, and then it got completely switched. I did a swim warm up in my backup race suit because I was like, I can't keep a wet race suit on for 30 minutes, for the 30 minutes of when the swim um, warm up ends and the race starts. Like I've got to, I've got to change into something dry. And like, just, you would never think of having to do that stuff to, when you're racing in Tokyo, when you've done your whole heat prep, you thought it was going to be 30 C, 80% humidity. And then it's the complete opposite. <laughs> Yeah, the, you guys were just sort of filing over the bridge there and yeah, shivering. There was like a spray in the face, wasn't there? It was, uh, it was, I mean, obviously you were all going into battle, but it really added a whole nother level. Um, you said the swim obviously went very well, presumably by the time you came out, um, you were pretty pleased with who you were alongside on the bike there as well. Oh, yes, I was very, very happy. I mean, when I got to the first boy and I was in pretty good position, I was like, whew, okay, this is good. 
and then um you know i had to fight a little bit to get not fight like physically don't worry but you know really like <laughs> pushing um and like holding to try to like you know hold my place to get onto the feet that i wanted to to be on and um got there and then quickly realized it was georgia's feet and then i could see just ahead of georgia was summer and so i was like okay well this is definitely a good good place to be and then um coming out of the first lap um you know i i looked up and i could see jess exiting then i could you know just see like okay this is really good position second lap of the swim all good and then yeah onto the bike we need, we have jess georgia katie and then myself i was like this is great whoa yeah um this is all we need and then um yeah the, the group sort of like uh sl slowly um, I suppose summer dropped back, didn't she? Yeah, so slowly reduced throughout the race. Mm -hmm. And then also when I got the first split to, I think it was the second group, it was like 65, 70 seconds. I was also like, cool, game on. <laughs> um, and then, it, you know, it was, it was a, an impeccable run and it was obviously straight out of P2. You knew that that was what you were going to do push the pace and and manage to maintain it uh, a, a phenomenal pace watching you come down that blue carpet on the uh, it, it, onto the beach that last time and and you were actually flying um <laughs> and obviously you knew that the gap was big enough and you were able to soak it up and so on but equally then then watching back and seeing the photos and stuff it, it seemed like the sort of the waves of emotions because of everything you said about you know that the build up and the mm -hmm. uncertainties and so on but it was it was a sort of a ecstasy disbelief uh you know relief everything kind of <laughs> somewhat in waves by the looks of it uh yeah yeah it, it yeah, definitely was a lot of emotions coming up going down that final straight um yeah i mean i guess sort of subconsciously everything that's like gone on the last few years the ups and downs the points where i didn't think i would um race at this level again because i you know it hurt my foot so bad and it just wasn't coming right and you know the, the pressure and expectation of coming in as bermuda's only metal hope um and not the only metal hope here but the only metal hope in 40 years i mean History. it's kind of something uh it's quite something to manage i will say um so yeah i think just all of that and then also just knowing that like on the one day that mattered i executed one of my best races race performances and um you know that's also really special um yeah so it was definitely um a lot and then i was also just so thrilled for for georgia who i know has also had her own ups and downs and then of course for katie who, um, I mean, she's just such a champion and what she's been through this year and what she's overcome and to just, you know, compose herself and produce a race like that, given the buildup. I mean, I, I mean, I, I knew physically she's certainly capable of that, but to just see it happen and get her medal. Um, yeah, it was, yeah, really cool. Like, yeah, so many different storylines, so many different emotions um and i think yeah i mean that's what's special about racing and certainly what's special about racing here on the olympic stage yeah it was uh it was an amazing podium for sure um and then and i asked christian this yesterday as well but the the moment when you were on the floor and you could hear a pin drop really 
there was some sort of camera shutters going off, but it was there was a real silence for a minute or so while you were lying there. Did you were you just sort of lost in your own world as well? I know you know you then got up and fired up your family and so on, but mm-hmm. it was it was amazing to be a part of that as well. Just that sort of silence was quite mm-hmm. something. Did you have any awareness of that, or were you kind of lost in your own? <laughs> no, I was definitely pretty lost in my own thoughts and what was going on I think like the moment was so big it was like really hard to even take in it was just yeah so overwhelming but yeah definitely just lost in my own thoughts and emotions and like just like what the heck just happened or you know it's it's kind of funny it's like you have this big dream and this big goal and here you are in race day and you're so composed and so focused during the race particularly our race with the wet conditions and the technical bike course and then suddenly it's all over and you've won and that's it. And you're, and yeah, you're just, I don't know. Yeah. Just laying there. I, I couldn't tell you, I can't, I can't even remember anything about the sounds or the noises or what was happening. No, but, but also I suppose on a, on a bike like that, is it even more mentally exhausting as well? Like that, you know, you can't switch off, right? It's oh, every no. corner people, you know, you, it was, it was tense for every corner. You just like, just nothing happened here. Nothing happened here. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's so many corners on this course and then yes, in the wet, like you had to be so focused of, you know, setting up your speed correctly, not breaking through the corner, setting up your line correctly and then doing it all again. And then again, and again, and again for eight laps, like so focused. Um, yeah, it it was definitely, there was no time to think about anything else. I mean, I was thinking about my cornering. Um, you know, riding smart and then taking in my fuel and hydrating. And that was it. Like, you know, it was just so laser focused. Yeah. Yeah. And do you think many people, did you share with many people like that pressure that you obviously felt about the Bermudian sort of backstory, that first gold and that first prospect? Because I can't imagine it was something that many people knew you were also going through yeah I don't I don't think yeah many people did know I mean of course my team knew my coach knew Dan knew um and those yeah really close around me did but um yeah I, I, I don't know I don't think so I think everyone also is so focused on their own Olympic buildup that you perhaps don't know too much about like the pressures or the expectations that the other is is facing exactly other than you know that sort of everyone has some degree of pressure on them, whether it's, um, you know, their own or from their federation or their country. But yeah, I mean, I think it is a different level when you're uh, your country's only metal hope. Um, It Mm. definitely does add a degree of expectation and pressure. And celebration. When you go back to that, when you go back to the island, are you prepared? Because I mean, for the first WTS Bermuda, it was pretty wild, wasn't it? And so this time around, who knows? You're probably going to get lifted on someone's shoulders and carted around the island for the first 48 hours. (laughs) Yeah, Um, yeah, I definitely think I need a little bit of a rest before I go back. It's going to be absolutely wild. Um, But yeah, I'm really excited for that. Kind of need to figure out exactly when that can happen because I'm also quite keen to do a bit more racing this year. And it's also travels quite complicated with COVID. And so, yeah, I'm gonna have to sit down and figure out exactly where we can go 
chat to people in Bermuda to see exactly what sort of celebration they want to have and um, get it all figured out. But yeah, I'm sure it's going to be a pretty crazy time. Yeah. And for the next few days, you know, you've obviously already done a lot. There's going to be so much more to come. And that is, as we said, like part of being one of the stories of the games. And it's Japan topping the medal table, Simone Biles pulling out of the gymnastics, mm -hmm. you winning Bermuda's first Olympic gold medal. It, you know, you are alongside these these great stories. Mm -hmm. And and I suppose, you know, that pressure that you, you mentioned there is, is something that uh, obviously Simone was feeling in a in a whole nother way as well and perhaps like the fact that she felt she could withdraw from the competition um is is a really positive thing for sport you know but that wouldn't have happened 10 years ago probably right you, you know it would be sort of suck it up don't even you know you wouldn't even probably consider pulling out and now it's it's okay yeah oh absolutely yeah i mean i i, I think it was such a powerful move by her and yeah, really inspiring that she's really taking care of herself first and knowing her limits and her boundaries. And um, yeah, I, and, and to be honest, I can't even imagine the level of pressure and expectation that she's had to deal with. I mean, she's the face of these games. Every time I turn on the TV, she's in a commercial and um, yeah. So, and especially in a sport like gymnastics where you make, if your head's not in the game and you make one mistake, I, I can't even imagine the, the repercussions of it. So yeah, I mean, she's just such a role model and it's amazing that she's had the, almost, it does take a bit of strength and courage and showing up for yourself to, um, say, no, I'm not okay. I can't compete at a level like here at the Olympics. So yeah, I'm mm. very such kudos to her and yeah very inspiring and a new word entered the sort of uh, sporting lexicon had you come across twisties before that is the, the sort of gymnastics equivalent of the yips apparently so that's what she was feeling the twisties which is when you normally would do something in your sleep and you kind of run up and then it all just sort of falls apart and you you lose it and you can't you can't just do what used to come so naturally that is apparently what she's kind of going through right oh wow yeah um, yeah Oof. and then on a positive note but you know you you know your dan is here with you he's been with you all the way along the journey as well that has obviously been a, a massive part of your of your success and and great to be able to have him there as well mm -hmm. oh yeah i mean i couldn't i could not be here today without dan that's for sure i mean he's been sort of like the one person that's probably believed in me the most, like more than I've believed in myself, to be honest. And um, when we first met in 2013, um, I I was kind of oof, half in triathlon, half not, trying to figure out, do I want to do this? Do I not? I was graduating university and, you know, Dan had followed my career as a junior and knew I was second at Junior Worlds and had multiple podiums when I, not podiums, sorry, multiple top tens when I was like 18 or 19 in these big World Cups. And so, you know, I think he knew I had this like potential um, and I just sort of lost my way. And he's just been kind of the one person that's been able to help me, you know, navigate my way back to the top with, you know, his support and his guidance. And to be honest, his absolute belief in me, like, yeah, just, um, yeah, it's really special. And that's so special that we could be here together. Um, you know, we're Team Bermuda, we're very small, but I think having him, that's sort of um, the team manager. And I guess if 
I hate the title high performance director, so I'm not even going to do that, but he would be in that sort of role. And I think he's probably, I don't know, one of the, one of the best at it, the way he can, you know, read races, know the preparation, know the details. And um, yeah, I think it's also so helpful that the person that knows you the best and your sort of favorite person in the world is the one that's standing next to you just before you're about to start a race. So it's, yeah, just really special. Yeah. So was it a sort of a shared roar at the end or like more, you know, what, what is the kind of emotion you share with your husband who's been part of the journey when you win the Olympics yeah. and when you're kind of sat there in the car or whatever, going back to the thing and you just look at each other and like nod. And <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, yeah, he got pretty emotional. I have, but to be honest, it's in such a whirlwind that we haven't actually had much time to just sit like the two of us and just like soak in the moment, you know? So I think that'll only really happen once we get back to Boulder. Um, and then, but yeah, like right after the race, I think it's Dan is definitely not the type that'll come like charging over to me and give me a hug. He's like one of the people I like, I find the last. I think mm -hmm. he always just like takes a moment for himself and just watches and observes the whole like moment and taking it in. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess it is pretty crazy. There did seem to be quite a lot of people trying to locate Dan immediately after actually. <laughs> It yes, was, I know. Uh, I was that, like, that, that's fairly regular occurrence yeah. in those moments for him. Yes, yes. <laughs> I was like, can someone please just go find him because I would like to see him now. Um, and I was like, you're probably gonna have to search for him because he'll be like hiding somewhere or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> slightly red around the eyes for some reason. I don't know what's yes. going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, well, I mean you crossing and then georgia like you said after everything she'd been through plus puncture plus katie uh yeah it was uh it was unbelievably emotional really all around yeah absolutely yeah i did i didn't even know georgia had had a puncture until the end of the race um so yeah i'm well it's unfortunate she had a puncture but luckily if you're gonna have a puncture to have it right where she had it so close to the finish um of the bike true and then you helped her up just as she was going through cramp. <laughs> <You know? Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, brilliant. Well, and so just last, so what is, what is your, your next race? Are you, do you have the next one in the schedule already? Um, my next race? Yeah, that's a good question. I think there was quite a few options on the table, depending on how, yeah, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday went. Um, and so now I need to sort of figure it out, but I'm pretty sure I will be in both Montreal and Edmonton. Um, so that's kind of the next, I think I'm gonna take, you know, take my racing sort of um, month by month here and see how it goes. But yeah, definitely be Montreal, Edmonton, and of course the WTCS in um, Bermuda in October. I'm very, very, very excited for that one. And we'll have a team relay. So yeah, I think it's going to be a really special weekend. Yeah, look out for that one. And, and again, talking to Christian yesterday, uh, you know, he was talking up the possibility of a race in Norway now and, and Bergen, his hometown. And oh, wow. you, know, you could only presumably completely back the idea of, you know, how just how amazing it is to be able to have that kind of impact purely because of, you know, you essentially. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty crazy. Um, Definitely, you're like, wow, because of me, huh? That's strange, but okay. 
but um, I would totally love to go race in Norway. Um, so yes, let's hope that can happen. <laughs> you won't be here for the mixed relay then? You'll be flying or? No. I will I will have arrived back just in time to turn my TV on and watch. I'm very excited. Right. Oh, that'll be a moment just of kind of relaxation and Yes, yes. So go on, quick top three. Who are you having? <laughs> you know, you've, you've been in the paddock with quite a lot of them now. Give us a <laughs> Yeah. Um, quick top three. Okay. I think G B are gonna be pretty tough to to beat. So they're my gold medal pick. Mm -hmm. And they are so meticulous and so dialed that I think at this stage, they'll pull it off. So I'm going to go GB and then second US and third France. Yeah, that seems pretty strong. Yeah. Pretty strong. I, I mean, you know, I'm some dark horses out there, the Dutch, the uh, obviously the Aussies, but um yeah, yeah. Kelly obviously arriving for the Belgians, but yeah, I think that's, that's yes. I know there are some dark horses, but um, to know just from the little insights, I know I think some of the potential dark horses might have a yeah, there was kind of a few people that pulled up, I think, a little bit um, hurt or mm. maybe had crashed in the individual, and you know, maybe there's a few um but you know i don't know i mean this is the olympics it's mixed team relay so many surprises can happen and uh yeah i think it's just gonna be really exciting it's gonna be nuts isn't it at that moment when whichever team it is crosses the line it's it's gonna be a, yeah a it's gonna explode and, <laughs> and you're putting together a bermuda team for october is that right is there gonna be yep. a bermuda mixed relay team yep we'll definitely have a team yeah so that'll be really exciting. Mm -hmm. Great. Flora, thank you very much. Congratulations again. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, thank you. Great to chat. Well, enjoy the next few days, months, everything. And see yeah. you in Montreal. Yeah, cool. See you then. Okay, bye. And there she was, a very satisfied Olympic champion, Flora Duffy. If you heard Christian Blumenfeld's episode where he revealed he had tipped off Flora to choose number 15 on the pontoon, then I can reveal that according to husband Dan, she likely would have chosen it regardless, but it did help bolster her confidence and belief that it was the shortest line. So there you go. Huge thanks once again and congratulations to the women's Olympic champion. Next up, the debut of the mixed relay. And fireworks ahead for sure. Thanks for listening. <laughs>